Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Cincinnati Sports Review. My name is Eric. My name's Nick. And Nick, we're in the Super Bowl. Freaking Super Bowl. I I knew it. I uh, <laughs> had such a good feeling going into that game. Oh, I thought they were going to win, too. Uh, I, what I did not expect was the game to be the exact same game that we saw in person when they won the division in, Jan- in early January. Yeah, I knew it would be close. I knew it would be down to the wire, and uh, it was again. Yeah, I was. I I think I project. I think you projected it was a close down to the wire. I was expecting us to win by like ten, um, but your prediction ended up being more accurate. And either way, it is a uh, sight to see. Yeah, I mean it's crazy. This hasn't happened in you know in my lifetime. This literally has not happened in either of our lifetimes. You're older than me, so if that's happened in your lifetime, it hasn't happened in mine. But here we are going yeah. going to the Super Bowl, AFC champions. Yeah. Third um, time AFC championship. And it was, you know, I feel like it was a very good game all around for the team. Like all the pieces kind of did what they had to do to make this one happen. Um, I thought that what was super crucial. Now, they start the game on a touchdown. We go down, score a field goal. Uh, they go up fourteen to three. They go up fourteen or twenty-one to three. Okay, I'm like in my mind, it's like this is rough, but the game is absolutely not over. Uh, they able they were able to put in a uh, touchdown with about a minute left on the clock, and obviously, if thirteen seconds is way too much time for Patrick Mahomes to score, a full minute is. Uh, but they go all the way downfield. And um, instead of kicking a short field goal to get some points on the board, uh, they go for a touchdown, and everybody's favorite Eli Apple makes a goal line stop. Uh, a tough goal line stop. A tough, well-earned, good tackle, hard line, uh, goal line stop. Uh, very reminiscent of the Jacksonville game. And I, I remember when we watched that game, I thought to myself, like, hey, that's a huge turning point in this game because they were down, what were they on, 14 nothing. And that would have been twenty-one nothing in yeah. that game, and you know, going down what would have been twenty-eight to ten on the road, um, with no moral victory like that, uh, would have been a huge difference in the game. But that was a, such a crucial play. It was a shocking call from Kansas City. I thought they would take points there. Yeah. Um, I think that was like such a big shift in the game right there. Yeah. Um, when we made that big stop at the end. Um, and then pretty much ever since then, their offense couldn't get going. It was it was such a huge momentum swing, and it it if you're you know Bengals coach going into the locker room after that happened, you you couldn't be happier. Just you know like from uh from you know an actual execution standpoint, okay, you guys stopped them from scoring, and B like that's a rallying point that you can use to like um you know build up your you know, coach up in the second half. So, uh, yeah, brilliant halftime. Yeah. Going in that during the halftime, you know, talk about that. Um, yeah. And then I, I did not think, I think I made the comment to my dad watching the game. I'm like, I don't think they're going to hold him the three points in the second half again. <laughs> and then they go out, hold him the three <laughs> points in the second half again. <laughs> yeah. Pretty crazy, huh? <laughs> it was, it was pretty, uh, miraculous. And obviously turnovers were important. Um, Let's talk about the big interception by B.J. Hill. Oh, huge. Um, I have a soft spot for big men 
getting turnovers. <laughs> so seeing that is always seeing a, a play like that is always fantastic. Um, but just a, just perfect execution, right time, right place, uh, tip the ball and. Uh, if I if I recall correctly, I believe we scored off that possession because they were right there. Um, I don't know if that was the touchdown or if that was a field goal. Um, but either way, it's such a huge momentum swing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, our defense really stepped up in that second half, and they allowed you know allowed us to control the game. Yeah, I. It, it's an it's such a crazy change from giving up you know fourteen points in the second quarter and then stopping that that last second touchdown and then just all pretty much shutting them out oh yeah except for that last drive <laughs> uh you know i mean i think with patrick mahomes if they absolutely need a field goal i think he's going to get it but at the end of the game you know they they still kept them out from scoring a touchdown like my watching that game my dad was like don't you just let them score I'm like, absolutely not. You prevent them at all points of scoring a touchdown because you don't know what happens if you get the ball back on up, you interception, fumble, anything that happened. Uh, you just play your defense and whatever happens, happens. Yeah, I had that same thought, but, I, I you know, obviously he made the right call. Yeah, because uh, at the end of the day, you know, if they score a field goal, well, you still have overtime as like a blanket. Um, they did not get the benefit of the coin toss this time. But the interception on the deep ball to Tyreek Hill uh, was it, – it just – that was it. I knew the game was over as soon as they got the interception. Yep. I mean, that was such a big play. And, you know, what what are the statistics against the, the coin? It, 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 it's been crazy. I lost like, track after – It's like 90% or something to, to the person that gets the coin first. Or who gets who gets the coin right and gets the ball first? Oh, you're talking about the overall overtime flip, not how we are with coin flips in general. Yes. Okay. It's another. I know that was a thing for us at one point of the year. Um, yeah. No. Whoever gets the ball first, I think wins like at least eighty percent of the time. Um, I, I heard. I heard eighty. It, there's only been a handful of situations where that's happened in the new overtime rules, but um, yeah, I think overall, first team gets it is more likely to win. Yeah, but we overcame that. I mean, we we overcame so much to to get to this point and win. We've overcome game. so much this entire year. Yeah, um, anyway, it's been a tough schedule getting here. Oh yeah, just like we. I mean, we talked about it to death. The back end of the schedule for us was brutal. The last eight games uh, were tough, and they finished, you know, five and three. Uh, and they won the games they needed to win to get us here. They lost, you know, I don't count Cleveland. That doesn't really count. Despite losing the, the two West teams, Chargers and uh, 49ers, they really took care of uh, business against Baltimore and Kansas City. And then once you get to the playoffs, you're only going to be playing tough opponents. Exactly. Uh, Raiders were tough. Titans were the number one seed. Uh, Chiefs are defending AFC champs. There was no route to the Super Bowl where it was going to be cupcakes, and they really stepped it up. And it's I couldn't be more proud. Yeah, it's it's been crazy, you know. Yeah. Um, just all both sides of the ball are really you know effective. You know, it took the defense a little bit to get you know to where they are now, but I think they're just firing on all cylinders, and we have weapons on the defense now. Yeah, and it's it's weird to think because you know. If you look at the whole year as a whole, 17th in the league in points against, middle of the run, 
Um, but like they really, they really came up clutch when they needed to. Like look at the, like look at how many points. 19 to the Raiders, 16 to the Titans, 24 to the Chiefs. Like, those are good defensive performances. I don't care how you cut it. Um, and all three of these games had, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know how to quantify or classify it, but just, like, really crucial late-game interceptions. Um, the one, again, um, Jermaine Pratt's interception to seal it for the Raiders. Logan Wilson's interception to set us in field goal position for the Titans, and then oh, the yeah. huge um, one by Von Bell uh, to put us in position to beat Kansas City. Like, like you couldn't, you honestly couldn't ask for a better performance on the defense. Yeah, and I, I think you know the big thing is those, those free agent signings we did this year um, brought in some big names, and these big names you know, were successful for us. Hendrickson, mm-hmm. um, been, been able to get crazy pressure. Um, he, uh, who else? Freaking no, Von Bell. Hill. No, Von Bell was the, in, he caught the interception. Um, he was a free agent signing in 2020. BJ Hill was a trade for Billy Price. Um, yes. so we traded a bad price for a good BJ. Can't complain about Stop. that. <laughs> I heard that on somewhere. I, I can't take credit for that. Um, either way, yeah, um, just to just to name a handful, um, and if you like, look at how the roster is constructed. Uh, the offense is almost entirely handled by getting players through the draft. Um, yep. Aside for maybe one or two linemen, whereas the defense is like a it's like a good healthy mix. You've got players who were drafted, some of them during the Marvin Lewis era, um, and as well as like some good rookies and a lot of high profile free agency signings like uh like Hendrickson and Von Bell. And then you've got, you know, basically rental one year deal players like Eli Apple and BJ Hill. Um you know, veterans making the most of an opportunity and playing well. I'm like I said, Eli was the one who had the stop at the end of the first half. Yep. So I know, I know he took a lot of heat. Oh Woozy A too, Woozy A and Mike Hilton, they were both cornerback signings. Um, Ogunjobi, who has not didn't play the last two games due to an injury, um, but he's played very well this he year. Played very well this year, DJ Reader. DJ Reader. I mean, it's it's like our defense is totally revamped through, <laughs> yeah, through signings or trades. Yeah, with a handful of, you know, Hubbard, Pratt, and Bates and Wilson, those guys we we drafted ourselves, but I think the rest of the defense is pretty much, Oh Gaither too. Um, but all these guys are um it's a good it's a good healthy mix of you know veteran talent and young uh playmakers i think that that's really the the biggest surprise coming you know towards the end of this year is how well our defense has played together yeah for as much criticism as we were giving Lou and the group uh they really really have you know really turned it around still don't like Lou but um you know, you can't complain with the results, right? But, you know, like that that last drive um, in the fourth quarter, they played really weak coverage um, in the secondary and uh, pretty much just let, you know, the Chiefs walk down and get that, that three. I feel like that's kind of been a staple of Bengals' defenses for I don't know how long. 
Yeah, it's like what in crucial moments we we play really conservative to not give up like big plays, but then they just get the the chunk yards on us. I'll tell you what though, like you know we complain. I don't like that strategy of defense, but it it worked. I mean they got all the way down there, um, and they could have easily scored a touchdown, but uh, Sam Hubbard came up fucking huge. I'll tell you what was I was I thought was incredible was the third down play, uh, right before they kicked the game tying field goal. Uh, they basically run a three man blitz where it's the Hendrickson, um, and then the two D linemen, uh, and Hubbard plays spy. So he's basically standing five yards past the line of scrimmage. Everybody else is in coverage, uh, and then. Mahomes walks around for a little bit, and then he just charges right at Mahomes. And I don't think he saw him until, like, the last minute. By the time he's got time to, you know, register, okay, time to move, Hubbard's already there. He pops the ball out. Um, that sent him back a couple extra yards. Like, what a huge play. A lot of yards. Yeah. Yeah, and, it, you know, Hubbard made such a good decision in that moment. Yeah. He knew when when to go, and he did it. He like, I, like, you could tell – that the play design was clearly a QB spy. Um, but uh, the decision to jump in, it was like the, it's like the longest delayed blitz possible. At least effectively, it's the longest delayed blitz possible to the point where nobody would have ever thought that was ever going to happen. Like it just, it was just so brilliant. I can't talk about it enough. Yeah, it was a very good play. Yeah. Um, you know, th- this game was full of, you know, very, you know, key plays and you know our guys made the right plays more times than not obviously yeah and even like the mistakes that were made I mean like I thought the offense operated pretty well and I I think we discussed in our pregame they're gonna have to go short and they didn't I was, it ended up working out for them and you know they didn't okay so a lot of these games <laughs> were burrow plays a lot of the throws are medium to you know like medium length, maybe like 15 to 25 yards downfield on average. Um, you have the long bombs, of course, and you have some of the short plays that go for some. Uh, this game, they didn't do a whole lot because I think they knew, you know, we gave up nine sacks the week before. We're going to have to go short and quick to get the ball out of Burrow's hands. And, I mean, outside of a few plays where they got some big yardage um, throwing it deeper, uh, they kept the ball – you know, on short routes, and it worked out. Yeah, absolutely, and that, that's a key thing there, um, going with the short routes because we only gave up one sack. Yeah, well, I mean, one. well, let's talk about that because they only gave up one sack, but there were a number of times where he looked dead to right, and he just somehow got out of it and would run off yeah. for a first down. Like how? Like that happened at least three or four times. Yeah, he was. He was playing out of his mind, I think. Um, he just knew exactly where to go, where to be. Uh, I think he had two big runs for first down on third down um, because of a busted play. Yeah, so, I mean, I thought the protection was good enough, but he was still able to make you know mistakes in, in pass protection into first downs. And yeah. a couple of them were – yeah, a couple of them were th- – were runs I think one or two were, were throws where he was able to get it out to somebody but it was it was it was almost masterful and one actual mistake was the interception that he threw um 
little bit of the hold on Chase. Part of it was a good play by the corner. Part of it was a bad throw. Uh, I believe they punted after that. Uh, the Chiefs did after the turnover. So it ended up being a meaningless, you know, turnover. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wasn't really too worried about it. I thought there should have been a flag there, but I am biased. Well, let's talk about that because I, I felt the whole officiating that game was just awful. I, I think it was bad on both sides, but, it, <laughs> you know, they they would call some things and then, like, holding, they didn't call at all. No. I kind of felt that they, they on purpose kept the flags in the pockets, which I, I personally prefer um, when you're watching a game. is if, if the, the least amount of refs you see, the better. Um, but when you, <laughs> yeah, when they're just the, le- the least less amount of influence they have on the game. Yeah. The less amount of influence they have on the game, the better off it is. Uh, but when egregious calls are being missed, like the first time they got to the red zone, they did a, a fade route for, uh, Higgins. He was held the whole time. It was obvious. Like his arm was pinned back missed that. Uh, second time they go down for chase. They're holding him to just, just st- stuff like that. Missed holds. And they, um, they missed offsides like at least four or five times. Yeah, was it the interception was, on a on a offsides? Yes. Yeah, yeah. they were. It was like two of them were were offsides. Yeah, two dudes jumped. And that's just crazy that that they they didn't call that. I think they called it once, but I saw it multiple times. Yeah, uh, um, it was just frustrating. Yeah, and like I said, the least you see about the refs, the better. But just don't don't. Uh, don't miss the obvious stuff. Um, so, yeah, I would say, I mean, at, at this point, I don't think we're ever going to get a game where the officiating isn't terrible and in, in our, against our favor. Well, I, I think, I mean, it doesn't even matter if it's for us or against us. It's just I think, you know, people are starting to realize that the refing needs some, you know, serious attention in the league. Um you know, I, I've seen a lot of Reddit threads complaining about this, how, you know, most of the refs are, like, aging. Like, it doesn't make sense that they're so old. Um, yeah. They're not paid like employees. They're contractors or something. And it, it, it's just weird. Um, yeah, it's, it's a weird relationship. And uh, I heard it's a thing. A lot of referees work, like, part-time job or full-time jobs during the week. And then they fly out for these jobs on, you know, Sundays or whatever. It's It's – a very weird relationship that this billion dollar industry uh with more money to spend than God himself but they can't pay the refs it just seems so easy to manipulate like, yeah and beyond easy and there's the whole Tim Donaghy thing and we've had complaints over the refs in playoff games before and uh, i i hold to my hand the can of god that the the last playoff game 2015 that was a complete fix and and the aftermath of it shows that it was but whatever yeah i mean either way i think the 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 refing is just just awful right now and you know i the nfl has to do something about it it's ruined a lot of games this year it's and even like the replacement refs do you remember that 2012 yes like those games were awful like those games were horribly officiated it's like you know, pay these guys so they don't suck. <laughs> it's like, it's one thing, like, you know, with players, players get paid good money. Um, 
to do what they have to do to their bodies to perform at the level. But like, you know, the NFL, and that's what the, but that's done by the teams. That's not done by like the NFL themselves. I know it's kind of like the teams are a part of the NFL, but the NFL is at the same time is also its own entity. Why can't just fucking pay the refs? It don't suck. I do want to bring up something else though, which is, I think is really, really cool. Um, so as we all know, Getting the Super Bowl is very, very difficult. It's especially difficult to get there when you're a second-year player. Uh, that's only been done a handful of times. It's also extremely difficult to get there when you're the number one overall pick within two years. And Burrow is the only one who have ever done that. That's pretty crazy. Isn't that hard to believe? I mean, yeah, this year is all about breaking you know, all these long-standing things for our team and the league, so it's... Yeah, just another thing that adds to that list. I mean, you could honestly like, like do a do a spreadsheet of like all the things they were able to accomplish. I mean, we could let's do it right now for fuck's sake. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, single season passing record, single season touchdown record, single season receiving yard record, um, single season sack record, uh, winning the division, uh, uh, thirty one year playoff curse. Um. First AFC Championship game since '88, you know, like, and those are just like the really big ones. I'm sure if you dove into things, you could find other stuff. But like, think about all that in one year. Yeah, it's it's crazy, and we have, uh, you know, I think, you know, obviously a lot of this is is Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, I've got a comment to make. I don't, you're going to either disagree with me or think I'm um, I'm right. Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> Aren't those the, usually the two options? <laughs> That's true. You, you, you could just be neutral to the comment. <laughs> um, but I was I was watching highlights of the Chiefs game, and I'm like, you know, like AJ or uh, um, T. Higgins was looking like vintage AJ Green out there. Like if he would have put on a number 18 jersey, I probably wouldn't have known the difference. <laughs> uh, they have very similar builds and they have very similar um, uh, measurables. So I was like, man, he kind of reminds me of AJ Green out there for some reason. And then watching Chase, he almost looked like a bulkier Chad Johnson with the way he's so quick. It's like, man, it's like watching AJ and Chad on the uh, in their primes in their youth at the same time. Right. And I think Jamar is better than those those two. I uh, would uh, the numbers tell that would agree with you. And this is his rookie year. Yeah, that's the fucked up and thing. He's already that, better. He's <laughs> he's a rookie and he's already better. And no disrespect to those guys, but the, you know, the numbers will say one thing. Um, I guess we kind of stumbled upon this topic, but former players, I've seen a lot of things um from former players on social media congratulating the team. Uh, everywhere from Andy Dalton to AJ Green. Uh, Ray Maluga, Dotama Pico, Pac-Man Jones, uh, a lot of the big former players of recent years, and as well as like you know, I, I saw something from Boomer and Kenny Anderson, uh, and some Solomon Wilcox. So it's like a lot of former players are are congratulating the team, and uh, it's safe to say you love to see it. You know, like it's a pretty cool thing. Yeah, for sure, and I think it shows that you know, for for all the media things that are said about Mike Brown. You know, one of the good things about him is that he takes care of his players. Yeah. You know, for the most part. And this shows it that, you know, a lot of these players still, 
you know, care about this team. Yeah. Um, I remember when the last year the Cowboys came to town and Dalton was the starting quarterback because of Prescott's injury, and I saw they, they flashed. I didn't even notice when he was here. Whenever he does the, like, the love sign, he's, he's doing that to his wife who's up in a box. Um, so I would, I would presume that he was able to secure that box because he was able to contact Mike Brown and Brown was able to hook him up. That's just my assumption. I know that I have no idea if that's actually true or not. Uh, but, um, you know, I, I would like to think that that was the case and to piggyback on that. Uh, yeah. Uh, f- you know, I don't think a whole lot of players come out of Cincinnati, you know, really hating the team. Right. I'm sure so, some do, but you know. Well, there are definitely a few, and I mean, just from um, what's happening this year, the the cornerback. Oh yeah, that chump. Um, what was his name? Oh no, he got he got torched this year. He got he got Twitter beef with uh with Pac-Man, Pac-Man Jones. Yeah, that was hilarious. That I mean, was we so have funny. Te- we have former team members like Pac-Man that are still you know standing up for us. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Uh, that was yeah. I, I think Pac-Man does a does a podcast with Solomon Wilcox, and he talks about every week the team. I I've never I don't watch or listen to it. I just know it exists. Uh, but yeah, he was one of the players too that talked about, um, you know, congratulating the team. It's like, it's 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 just one of those good camaraderie things that you love to see. As a as someone who's been fans of, you know, the sport for fifteen twenty odd years, and others who have been fans even longer. You know, you got it's got to make it. It's got to put a smile on your face, right? And uh, you know, we 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 over here in the Midwest love our nostalgia. I mean, Icky Woods is is you know all over the place for us right now. Oh, uh, did you see? He was the one who gave out the AFC Championship trophy. Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh, I saw I saw footage of this is from WLW. Uh, a bunch of Bengals fans after the ceremony, they came down towards the uh, towards the field. And uh, he did the Icky Wood celebration to a big, a big uproar. People were really happy about that. Yeah, um, it's, just, it's just cool what f- former players, you know, do for the team still. Yeah, and it's like, well, Boomer was busy because he's on television, but yeah, yeah, he's definitely not gonna, you know, he's he has a job still. Yeah, <laughs> he he was the only one who picked us. Did you see that? Did you watch yeah. pregame? Oh, I loved it. I you I love to see it. You know he would get just destroyed if he didn't pick us. <laughs> yeah, be, though I honest to God, I think there have been times in the past just having him on like a regular Sunday game, he would not pick us. But I think, I think nowadays is uh, that option's out the window. He even stated that uh, this watching this team has made him remember how exciting it can be to be a Bengals fan. So, yeah, you love to hear it. All right, Nick, we uh. We kind of talked a lot today. There's a lot of good stuff to talk about, obviously. Uh, a lot, uh, going a lot of to big the Super things Bowl. happening. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a crazy year for Cincinnati area football. Uh, Winton Woods High School won the D1, I believe D1 or D2 state championship game. So, uh, UC football made it all the way to the national champion or the final four. What's it called? College football playoff. <laughs> College football playoff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, now the Bengals are going to the Super Bowl. You you just have to be happy about all this. Yeah, we, I mean, we're you know more successful than we've been as a city in sports in a while. <laughs> yeah, so I think collectively this is the most um, 
Yeah, this has to be the most successful this has been since the Reds won the World Series back in uh back in nineteen ninety, which is a long time ago. Wasn't even alive then. Um it'll be interesting to see how people are thinking and betting on and guessing who's gonna win. Uh we'll discuss that next week, uh when we preview the game. But other than that, Nick, do you have anything else you would like to talk about? Nope. I'm excited for uh next podcast and the next game. I am as well. Thank you very much for listening to us. If you enjoy what we had to hear, please give us a subscribe. Thank you very much for listening and have a good rest of your day.